<laughs> hey, welcome to Broad Meets World. So we are recording our uh, what do you call this? Season, our season one recap episode. We uh, we finally finished season one of Boy Meets World. I and mean, we're doing it together. We're here. Know, we're, we're in the so same place. We actually came out to Los Angeles to record with Siege this time. Um, you guys don't know this, but our maybe you do, maybe you don't. But like. We live in opposite sides of the coast. <laughs> Performing this podcast on opposite sides of the coast has been a feat, to say the least. It um, really, really has. Uh, so, the fact that we're here together, we did it just for you guys. Uh, and you're getting to see it live. So, yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, it'll be here. We'll definitely share little bits of it. But, yeah, we thought this would be, like, a cool thing to do. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And if you guys have any questions, obviously, our comments, reviews, anything like that, feel free to uh, post up on our social meds or on our... You guys get to just see it, like, as is. Getting into it. What up, bruh? What up, bruh? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. When it's Bruh Meets World. (laughs) Your boy Meets World fan cast. I'm Siege. And I'm your boy, Tony Curtis. All right. TC, Tony Kurt. Hey, 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 hey. Where you at? What's going on? Um, yo, I'm super excited about finishing this season. This is a great season. I actually went through most of the episodes earlier today just to kind of refresh myself. Um, the show's evolved so much in just one season. It is like a completely different show from like one Yeah, and I think that's what really kind of blew me away when I went and looked through the episodes was just seeing how the pilot and the season finale feel like it's two different shows. Yeah, they're completely different shows. Yeah. I mean, like you had a problem with the finale and I, I agree with you. Like it ends kind of like on a note that's not the greatest, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I... I it, the season as a whole, I feel, especially compared to other TGIF shows of the time, yes, feels like it ages really well and it's great. It's kind of all over the place, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> but uh, either way, so as we usually do, you guys are getting to see like how we make things. Uh, and usually, before we get into the episode, TC and I talk about like whatever's like pertinent or like important in our lives in the moment and the only thing to talk about it right now cardi b cardi b yo 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 if you have not listened to the cardi b album we've been listening to it now invasion of privacy is just like oh i'm living my best life best life i mean like (laughs) honestly i was not expecting this episode to be or sorry this album to be what it was well no and i was telling you earlier that like how i was kind of personally i felt disappointed when Nicki minaj came out with her first debut album compared to the underground stuff because i thought she came so hard but cardi b comes so hard in this album yes every song sounds like it's a strip club song yeah it really does (laughs) like yo again if you haven't listened to it do yourself a favor by the time this comes out it would have been out by for a week and it's just like it is a t- early 2000s meets current contemporary bop like every song yeah. you're just like i remember like this feeling of like just being like hood and ratchet but at the exact same time I'm just like eh, eh, eh. like she just makes you like stick your song out and be a little bit more uh yeah <laughs> this is the soundtrack to the players club remake that no one asked for <laughs> you're an idiot but yeah, so I mean, again, we we honestly, uh, when we met, we were like, "Yo, have you been listening to this album?" Yeah, yeah, we immediately just started jamming out to it. My entire day was this album, just like track after track. I was what? like, "Oh, I like this. Oh, I like this." Damn, damn, damn. ugly face, damn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I was saying too how I wasn't really hip to Cardi B, like her backstory or anything, and just like listening to this album, I. I just, in mad respect, I had to look into her. And and this album her is A1. So, Invasion of Privacy, Cardi B's debut album. If you haven't listened to it yet, do yourself a favor. Yeah, but Check make sure you got insurance because that whole the whole speaker system's going to set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> out of control. So, are you ready to get into this? Yeah, let's dive in. Let's All right, let's do this. So, um, we're calling this episode. The report card. Let's talk about our origin story. Let's talk about the first episode. The first episode of the show. Of the show of our Well, show. I will say that, <laughs> you know, we've gone through a lot to try to get this podcast out we there. We went through so much. You guys, guys don't even know. It, I had no idea how difficult it was to record the podcast. If you guys have been with us this long, you've endured all of our audio issues, and I apologize for all of it. We've yeah. just been figuring <laughs> this out as we go. 
Um, the first few episodes, like, I feel like constantly we're like, sorry about the audio. Yeah, it's yeah. like really bad. We're doing what we can. Uh, so if you listen past the pilot, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We <laughs> a appreciate lot, it. A lot. Um, but I actually went back and listened to our pilot episode recently. Mm-hmm. And I just, I heard something that I haven't heard just because not only was it the pilot, but it was also like our first time diving into the show. Mm-hmm. And we just had so much joy and love and just, um, just reverence for the show in our first episode, which obviously as we get through the season, like we're getting to the more specific things of each episode, but that pilot, when we were just talking about the show as a whole, um, you could just tell that we just love the show so much. And it's true. We do. I mean, we do. Yeah. That's like a, a legit thing. Uh, so yeah, we honestly, I thank you guys for sharing this joy with us. It's funny because I live in LA and one of the things that, is common in LA is for people to have a podcast. And oh, really? one of the things I hate more than anything is to be like, well, I have a podcast. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> it's about Boy Meets World. But when I tell people, they're like, oh my God, I love that show. It's like fantastic. Stands um, the test of time. Unlike a, any show from that era, really. Did you see uh, during the march, I think you sent it to me, where uh, the, the march for like against guns, march for our lives, um, with teachers, like, there was a whole, the whole idea of, like, teachers having guns, and there was a sign that was like, I don't remember Mr. Feeney having a gun, and it's just like, that, that's how much this show means to our generation, people, like, refer to it, and we, I, he he right, I mean, he right, Mr. Feeney, he did have that Nerf gun, which I, like, I thought of. But like, <laughs> it wasn't ever a gun episode of Boy Meets World. No, I said the Nerf gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as just like there being, because a Family Matters had a gun episode. Family Matters had that and re- um, recycle gun program. Episode. So did um, Fresh Prince. Yeah, Fresh There's Prince a did whole have a gun thing episode. About- <laughs> Apparently, only black sitcoms from the '90s could have gun episodes. I mean. <laughs> if we're being honest, I don't think Feeney was ready to tackle that kind of like racial inequality. Well, you know, Philadelphia apparently is a blackless world in Boy Meets World. As of now, As when of we now. get to college, there's some color. Uh, uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, so. In this next segment that we're going to do, this is the honor roll. Honor roll, which is superlatives. Yeah, superlatives. These are the best parts of the episodes. Um, We'll be having clips and little things uh, in the final production that uh, correlate with all of this. But yeah, so let's get in some of the best. So, uh, from the season one, TC, what is your best episode? Best episode? Not favorite episode best best episode the best episode i personally think that the best episode of this entire se- season to me is alternative friends dude that's what i wrote yeah down. which by the way you guys don't know this but like i just wrote my answer separately yeah yeah alternative friends alternative friends it's, it's just the like, best episode it's just not only is it about uh, Corey learning to accept people who are different and challenging his worldview, which is something we've discussed that's a powerful thing in every episode. Um, but it's just Corey and Topanga's first Corey kiss. Corey and Topanga and, and their first kiss. You're not going to, like, kiss me now, are you? <laughs> Would it be your first kiss? Hey, don't come near me. <laughs> When you thought you looked weird, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't be interesting. Get away. <laughs> because then you'd know it's not what you look like on the outside that matters. It's what kind of person you are. You shouldn't kiss somebody you're not married to. <laughs> it's when the show really starts to feel like something familiar. Like we yeah. talked about in the beginning of this uh, series we're kind of dealing with a different show. We kind of feel a little weird about what we're seeing because it's like, oh, I don't remember Boy Meets World being like this because it's very father-son centric and then you have the Feeny thing. But when Topanga comes in... It's like, that's Boy Meets World. You're like, ah. Oh my god, my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And just them having their first kiss and it being so in that iconic moment of that white Don King hair that he has <laughs> when he's getting that kiss. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's just to me, it's just it's 
the most memorable episode of the season. It's the most, um, as far as changing the course of the show, like you said, I think it's the most significant episode. I think there were great contenders for this award, or this superlative, I guess. Um, but to me, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that you put that, because I'm not going to lie, both of my best and my worst episodes were kind of taken... Um, just logically, like, I looked at the grading system. Because, like, I was, like, I feel very strongly about a lot of these episodes. Yeah. But I wanted to be, like, all right, if I can't decide what does the grade say, and we both gave this Alternative Friends episode four a 100. Yeah. Like, and well, let me, let me ask you, what other episodes were in the running for you? So, um, they're both Topanga things. <laughs> like, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one that I, uh, the only one that I would say would be second place was Boy Meets Girl. Really? Okay, Girl. okay. What was your second place? Um, you know, it's funny. After going back and reviewing the se- season, I think, um, and for, I think, I think it's called Teacher's Pet. Teacher's Pet. Oh, with Anne Frank. The, and, yeah, the whole, yeah. like, uh, yeah. and don't, don't get me wrong, the episode had issues that we discussed. Yeah. But still, I was just like, wow, this is the most bruh. Yeah. Like, so we're going to get into that yeah, later. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get into that just right now, but uh, yeah, that's a very, very good point. And I didn't really do it, but maybe we'll do it with season two. But I do think we should pick our favorite bruh episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, like, I focused and I think we both prepared for, like, our best Boy Meets World. But I think we, we've grown a lot this season. Sure, sure, sure. Um, like, even our intro's different. Like, everything's completely... Like, we started off completely different, not knowing where we would end up. Yeah. Um, so, I really do appreciate it. Next superlative will be most improved character. <laughs> All right. What do you have? What is your answer? Me? Yeah. Uh, gosh. I'm gonna say Sean. Dude! Are we on the same wavelength? Yeah, I think we... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just so you guys know, the reason why we started this whole entire podcast is because TC and I are, like, usually, like, when it comes to television, we're, like, here. <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, and here's the thing. I just feel like... The, don't get me wrong. There was a, I thought Topanga evolved a lot. I thought we saw some evolution from Eric. But I felt like by the end of season one, I was in love with Sean the way that we're supposed to love Sean. Whereas I didn't feel like we had gotten to that place yet with the other characters. I mean, even Corey. But also, the, the question was most improved character. Yeah, overall. And I feel that Sean went from the one-dimensional sidekick character to having kind of the most backstory outside of Corey. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, definitely when we get into that Cherry Bomb episode. Cherry Bomb episode is very important. Gosh, which, again, was almost a contender for me. for Because even though we had so much issue with it, it's such an important... It's as important for Sean's story as the alternative friends is for Topanga. It's as important for the series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because absolutely. it kind of put Sean on the path of being the kind of troubled best friend of Corey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, it's just really, I, I was thinking, it was like, do we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite Feeny lesson. <laughs> what was your favorite Feeny lesson? My favorite Feeny lesson of the, you know what? Um, I think my favorite Feeny moment is actually... Um, from the last episode, and it's when he's talking about, uh, it's the very last scene of the last episode, where they're planting Corey's plant. Why don't you take a break and help me plant this? You're putting my peony plant in the ground? Your plant, though immature and undeveloped, has within it the potential to grow and flower. With the help of a proper gardener. And the reason why I love that is just because to me, that's just such a symbolism for the whole show. Like, of what Feeny's relationship is with Corey. And I just think about Corey's journey and just everything that we see him do. And uh, to me, that's my favorite of the Feeny lessons, even though there's some great lessons throughout the season. So my answer to this was actually during the Fugitive episode. Uh, The Fugitive episode... Uh, because A, it comes directly from Feeny, uh, uh, and then also the imagery that Feeny uses with the canvas, it's, it's one of the very few lessons we get that's not directly by the fence. Um, and it's also, to me, I don't know, I think it was like one of the most relevant lessons to me 
of the season that I still use as an adult. Yeah. Which is that it's really easy um, to tear something once, like, this small little infraction. Yeah. Like, the little symbolism with the canvas of, like, the t- canvas is tough and it can with uh, or endure almost anything. But one little snip, one little cut to it, and it's vulnerable. Yeah. I often paint on the weekends. Very strong material. Difficult to rip. Give it a try. Go on. <laughs> of course, rugged as it is, even the smallest snip. And... You see, Mr. Hunter, once the integrity has been breached, even the strongest fabric can unravel. Even the strongest friendship. And that was something that really applied to me as an adult, and I think is a lesson that um, we should all really take to heart. Because I agree with you on uh, the the final one of like Corey's journey, but my favorite lesson that is kind of relevant now is the importance of maintaining um, the integrity of a friendship. Sure. So, yeah. Can I also say that one of my um, one of the uh, runner runner ups I had for a favorite favorite Feeny moment or lesson didn't actually come from Feeny. It came from the episode where Eric talks to the kids in school. <sighs> That's and a, oh my god, dude! Yeah, and Eric. There's one point where Topanga's like she has, she has this crush on Eric, and she's like, "I don't have to be smart." And then he goes, "You're gonna have to be." Look, Corey told me about you, and he told me you're very smart. I don't have to be smart. <sighs> no. Look, you're going to have to be smart because there are a lot of guys out there that won't take Aura for an answer. What do you mean? I mean, you've known me for like five minutes and you think you like me because you thought I was cute and who could blame you. (laughs) But a real relationship is based on so much more than looks. And if you're old enough to have these feelings, then you should know that. And he right that moment where he talks to her about like what it means to be in a mature relationship. I was like, this is a great Feeny moment that doesn't come from Feeny. The other one still wins out for me overall, but that was still one that really came to mind. That's a really good one. I yeah. Like so, and then it comes to favorite clips of the season. During this point in time, you've heard a few of them, but uh, TC, what are some of your? Favorite? I have some great ones here. Well, one of my first ones is from the pilot, where um, at the end of talking uh, at the episode where Corey's talking about Romeo and Juliet, Feeny kind of gives him this whole uh, lesson on love. I live on the other side of the fence from you, Corey, and it's impossible not to face in your direction every once in a while and notice the people in the next yard. And through the years. I've got to know them. It is apparent that they are fine individuals, but their real strength comes from being a family. And do you know why they're a family, Corey? Because at one time, a man and a woman realized that they loved each other and pursued the unlimited potential of what may come from that love. And here you are. There is no greater aspiration than to have love in our lives, Mr. Matthew. Romeo knew it and died for it. Others know it and prepare salads. (laughs) And to me, it obviously makes a huge impression on Corey because... Um, later on in the series, when him and Topanga on their Long Walk to Pittsburgh episode, I know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> there was a jar I put up. Dude, the in. jar, which by the way, we haven't talked about that jar in a while, but you definitely owe some money I, to I that I know, jar. I'm constantly jumping ahead. Um, but there's this huge reference to how Corey and Topanga feel uh, like they are the Romeo and Juliet, and I feel like the reason why Corey relates so strongly to the story is because of how Feeney taught it to him in the pilot. So I, I think it's a great moment. At the end of episode two, Eric is coming home from work and he's just like, I don't know how he does it. Bagging groceries, chasing carts, price checks, spill on aisle seven. Oh, it's a nightmare. Only worked half a shift today. I don't know how he does it. Who? Dad. 12 hour days. Never sits. 
eats his lunch standing up, never takes a break. It's like he's not human. It's like he's something. It's like he's Superman. Huh? Superman's my dad. He looks outside. Alan's painting the fence that he let Corey like go, you know, avoid so he could go play with his friends. That's a really, really good, good uh, one. This is kind of like out of order in the way that you've been yeah, doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite clips is when Amy. First of all, you know how much I love Amy. Of course, like, Amy's of course. so good in the season, and I hope she kind of remains as strong of a character as she is in the first season. I don't think so, but... I know, like, that's kind of what makes me sad, is, like, yeah. when I think back on it, I was like, I don't think Amy gets the credit that she would get nowadays and that she deserves overall. But whenever Amy's talking to Alan, and really, because Alan's, like, surprisingly, Alan's the emotional one yeah and alan's like i feel this way about something that our 13 year old kid did and amy always schools <laughs> him on how to just be a better parent exactly she's like let's take a moment and really think about where he's coming from yeah and i think that's shown in the episode where Corey. uh it's the basketball episode where like Corey sure the, just is like you forgot the about the b team me. of life b yeah. team of life yeah she's like you he's like you forgot about me you guys don't really care what I'm doing. And Alan just is like immediately, oh, you're not, Corey's overreacting. And at the exact same time, she goes, oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, and, and we get into that. Why don't you want me to go up and talk to him? Because I think you and I should talk first. What about? Corey's had a basketball disappointment, he's overreacting, I'm gonna go tell him that. Is he overreacting? What does that mean? He's right? I spend more time with Eric. I don't care as much about him. No, I just think that Corey is going through middle pause. <laughs> is that a scientific term? Yeah. I mean, this week, Eric has girl problems, Morgan needs to be a princess, and there's a kid in the middle that didn't get hurt. Because there's three of them now. We let ourselves get outnumbered. Yep, when there were two of them, we had them covered man to man. Now we're on his own defense, and Corey's problem got by us. What's the game plan, coach? Full court press, double team Corey. Go team go. Yeah, so that's mine. Do you have another? Yeah, yeah, I have a few. I mean, I don't know how... Uh, there's one episode, and, and actually a lot of my clips came from the first, like, few episodes. She uh, wrote, still counts. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode three at the end. This is the episode where uh, Alan keeps Corey up late to watch the no-hitter game. Oh, my God. And at the end of the episode, Feeney has this great monologue where he talks about how... Uh, the president was going to announce the end of the war, and he wanted to stay up with his dad um, to watch it, but his dad said to go to bed. And then Feeney's like, What do you suppose I learned in school that day? I know this has got to be a biggie, like the Magna Carta or something. <laughs> I have no idea what you learned that day. Neither do I. You see, Mr. Matthews, education is not about obscure facts and little test scores. Education is about the overall effect of years of slow absorption, concepts, philosophies, approaches to problem solving. The whole process is so grand, all-encompassing, that it really can't be threatened by the occasional late-night no-hitter. It is important that a boy spend time with his father. But how do you know that? Your dad didn't let you stay up with him. That's precisely why I do know. I just thought the way he talks about education was just a really cool oh, God, that is a thing. really good episode. Yeah. Like, I can't remember what we gave that grade, but, like, honestly, that episode... And just, I think when we get into it and when you and I discuss it, it's just like a learning... When, when you are in the American er education system, um, learning lessons, and we grew up in Florida, <laughs> taking tests is like, Test, passing tests is like, test. uh, what it's all about. But for Feeney to be like, uh, honestly, part of learning is life and yeah. absorbing the, the world around you and learning from that, I think is such a good lesson that we just honestly don't place value on anymore. And we really should yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it was just one of those things that I was just like, um, I value Boy Meets World because of the relationship they show between students and teachers. Yes. Um, I think we all do. If we're being honest, I think one of the things that separates 
Boy Meets World from most other shows is there's this intimate relationship with a boy and his teacher. Um, and you know what's really interesting? Because me and you just watched Zach Morris's Trash. Zach Morris's <laughs> Trash! Shout out. <laughs> um, that on, on Saved by the Bell, Zach never had a close relationship with Mr. Belding. He was always trying to pull one over on him. We, we And Mr. Belding kind of like is... He's kind of fascinated with Zach. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a, he... He kind of admires Zach. I think he just always wanted to be the cool kid. So exactly. whenever he sees Zach, he's like, all right, well, whatever. But there's no real respect between them. Yeah. The way we see There's Corey no respect. Yeah, at all. And I don't know of a, of a show. And maybe I just didn't watch it, but like... Honestly, I can't think of a single show. I could be wrong, and if we're wrong, please give us a Welcome point. back, Cotter. In our lifetime. <laughs> and even with Welcome Back Carter, like, is I, I, I will not lie. I've never seen a single episode It's of actually that hilarious. But is it, like, built on the reputation, or sorry, uh, the relationship? I will say there, that, yeah, it's like these troubled, like, hood kids, which aren't really hood. I mean, they're the most comical kids in the class. But he, as a former, <laughs> as a former, what are you talking about, Mister Gada? But as a former class clown, he's able to relate to them and help them to like progress and actually okay. learn lessons. But that I, again, that's from the seventies. I don't know from our era if there is a show that's similar to this. I honestly can't think of it. And I mean, I feel that most of the shows that our generation admire and give credit to that involve a teacher figure are usually ones where the teacher figure cared about the kids. So uh, you get Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Yeah. You get Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even if you want to put Mr. Rogers into that thing, he wasn't like a teacher, but point being is this was someone who... There's heart. They talk to the kids like they were people. Yes. And so yes. many TV shows, uh, if you want to take Zach Morris or Saved by the Bell, for example, so many TV shows, the teacher is like either a force to be dealt with or there's someone who's like, um, they're not buying into the, what the kid's selling or like they're very... Or you know, they just, just like a, talk, like even if you think about like Mr. Cooper or like Steve Hightower, the Steve Harvey show, yes. it was just like... Do you I'm know smarter, like, you're dumb, yeah. Matilda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like, always talking down to them in a way. Whereas Feeney was just like, no, you're smart enough to figure this out. I'm just going to give you some time. Exactly. And um, they, they, they showed the kids something new. Um, in a way that didn't make the child feel insignificant. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes Boy Meets World so memorable, is no matter what, you understand that Feeney cared about Corey. Well, not only that, I feel like what's so great about Boy Meets World and what we all kind of respect about it is that Feeney allows these kids to figure out life's problems on their own and yeah. i think because in general that's how we as humans learn yeah we relate to that in a way that we don't relate to these lessons that are force-fed to it's us it's not someone preaching to you not at all uh, or force-feeding you which yeah. is a great way of putting that um this show is about feeny being like look all the pieces are there you figure it out and not in a way uh that like most baby boomers are like, hey, here, here's everything, figure it out on your own, and I'm just going to leave you and judge you when you don't get it correctly. Yeah. Feeney's very much a, one of those persons who's like, a, it's not that all the pieces are there and you put it together. It's like, a, I know you well enough to know that you're smart enough to put this puzzle together. And when you can't put it together, did I make a mistake? Is it something that sure. I could be doing better? Or is it something that you're honestly not pushing yourself uh, enough with and I will encourage you to take that extra step? A great example of that is the episode six that we just, the lost episode yeah, that we just yeah, recorded yeah. where Feeney um, gives, you know, out a test to, to, to Corey and the 
another third seat kid. I remember him. And yeah. um, Feeny basically... Fourth was, seat kid. Fourth seat kid, yeah. <laughs> where Feeny's basically is like, you know what, with that student, I could have done better as a teacher. Mr. Whereas Lewis, with Mr. Lewis, yeah. I could have done better as a teacher. Whereas with you, Corey, you simply aren't paying attention. So I think the fact that he's able to, to know the difference... Yeah. Um, exactly. No, no, I think that's yeah. very, really important. Okay, um, let's move on to detention. It's detention time. Detention. <laughs> All right, so detention's clearly going to be uh, things that we didn't like about this season. Yeah. And that's going to mainly encase the worst episode. Uh, and what is the worst episode of this season for you? Because I and I'm really excited because I know grading wise which one you gave the worst grade to, but at the exact same time I'm interested to see which one you selected as the worst episode. Well, um, I'll tell you this <laughs> that there's two episodes that immediately come to mind. There are only there are two episodes that honestly, if you Listening to our entire season, there are two episodes that were the worst graded by us. One of them being Spelling Bee. Yep. Which was not <laughs> about spelling. <laughs> it wasn't, and we talked about that, but yeah. And the other is the, what's it, it's a, What a Wonderful Night. It's or a it's Wonderful a, it's Night. A wonderful Those are night. the two. Those are the, Those are the two. worst two. I will say, the worst episode of the season for me is It's a Wonderful Night. Which is the one you gave the grade to. Yeah. You were like, it's, this it's a shit episode. Don't watch it. Just, like, <laughs> just just move right on. It doesn't matter. So it's funny because I chose Killer B. Killer or, B, Killer B. No, yeah. no, no. It's actually, like, Spelling B or something like that. Yeah. I, we named, our episode's called Killer B. But, um... The that episode is the one that I chose, but I chose that episode because it's a wonderful night has Jason in it. And I'm like, your saving grace was Jason. You gave that episode yeah. the lowest episode of the season. That is the one that you were just like, this makes no sense. There's no reason to have it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think what the, the other thing about it's uh, it's a wonderful night is that it came right off of the the fugitive the fugitive and which was such a huge episode that like to go from a big episode to that episode I was like no I and can't they do that. they ignore almost. Every lesson Every <laughs> single lesson. And I think that's what made me so mad. If I had seen that episode in a different placement in the season, maybe I would have not given it such a low grade. I agree with you. The, the girls that were in the episode, those those terrible, <laughs> terrible high school girls. Terrible people. Corey and Sean trying to hide the fact that they're watching a movie from Feeny while he's in the room. I still Five can't get away. over it. I still won't. No, that alone, at worst episode. That alone. So, I'm again, for me... The Spelling Bee episode is terrible. It's worse. It's not even about spelling. Again, well, just a, it's not about spelling. It's about geography, B. It, it is about geography. You have the fact that Jason's in the other one. And right. Jason provides some kind of comedy and a little bit of lightheartedness. The Spelling Bee episode is just... It's pure trash, in my opinion. There's no redeeming aspects of the Spelling Bee one. Whereas... And it's literally just Jason... Jason is in the It's a Wonderful Life one, and I feel that if you put in the It's a Wonderful Night anywhere else in the season, it wouldn't be graded as harshly. Yeah. Whereas Killer B, you can put the beginning, the middle, the end, and you're still just like, why did we do this episode? That's my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 pretty unredeemable. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to... <laughs> It's honestly, it's just, I mean, like, you have your answer, I have mine, but it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah, yeah. because those, there were literally two well, episodes. and you know what's funny, I think, about both of those is that I think the plots of both of those episodes are extremely derivative. Like, when we were watching It's a Wonderful Night, I was like, oh, this is the same as that Corey Haim and Corey Feldman movie, License to Drive, and with Killer B, I was like, oh, I've seen this spelling bee scenario and so many sitcoms exactly. so i think the episodes where they're willing to be more creative and take more risk and develop the characters more are the ones that we tend to the ones that with. feel the least cbs sitcom you know like, yeah, it's like the ones where it's just like a, oh someone in the writing room wrote this episode yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas those two episodes feel the most like Someone literally just went like, a, "What's the sitcom yeah. trope? Let's just add that to this." It, those episodes feel like filler episodes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, while we're in detention, can I ask you? Do you have a worst character? 
I honestly was not prepared for that question. I know. That's what I'm throwing but, it at no, you. no, no, no. But I like that question. You give yours, and then I'll, I'll give you a response, because... Morgan. Mor- oh, really? Hands down, Morgan. Morgan's your worst character. I don't think she adds anything to the show. I think you could control alt delete her from this entire season, and the show would roughly be the same. All right, you're not wrong. Honestly, if we remove every scene from Morgan... Like, I feel like this would be, like, one of those YouTube series. Or, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Garfield was out Garfield where you're just like you remove Morgan from the entire season it probably wouldn't change because she was only she only serves as a plot device for the most part and all of the uh, exposition that she gives could easily be given to Amy and it would still work roughly the same other than black black no trades back which I still don't (laughs) completely agree with Um, yeah I don't I don't know I just felt like she didn't really bring anything to the show uh, so, uh, someone just pointed out, which is a very true, Caroline, Caroline, uh, which I agree with, she's like, and they tried to delete her for, what, an entire season. Which is and, true. Yeah, I mean, like, so uh, even the show knew that she was pointless for a while, and then when they brought her back, she was still kind of, she was only, when they brought her back, she only serves as a purpose to show you that, oh, Amy and Alan are still raising kids. They still have a child. They still <laughs> have another child. We didn't forget, we didn't just, uh, Judy Winslow this. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't have a kid anymore. Oh, R.I.P. Judy. Like, she was Honestly, missing if and they never just were like, Judy died, or Judy was kidnapped, and we, and they did a very special episode, I feel like it would have been so much more respectable than to just be like, what are you talking about? We only had two kids. And everyone's like, but I watched the first season. They're like, yeah. but did you? <laughs> Judy was the black Barb. Judy was Barb before anyone, before Stranger Things, before it took off, all the black community was like, what Judy about went Judy? swimming like once. And yeah. it was like, what about Judy? Justice for Judy. Justice for Judy. Justice for Judy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So honestly, when you say worst, I'm going to say that, um, hold on, wait one second. Only good Morgan line of the entire series was when she said that was a really long time out. Which is true. Well, you we know, haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. But at the exact same time, that is fantastic. But can I also, Caroline, thank you so much for pointing that out. <laughs> um, one of the things I really respect about Boy's World, and I hope to see it more in this season, because we definitely see it in the later seasons, is that they become so much more Self-aware. meta. Yeah. They and were then, meta before like meta was a name. meta in subtle ways and then after the Scream came out they were like balls to the wall let's just do this well because Scream was nothing but meta yeah. have, you, have you seen there's like um, there's a whole theory about how like um, we were in postmodern cinema for a while and now we're in metamodern yeah. cinema uh, and metamodern metamodern cinema is all about acknowledging your place in uh, pop culture sure, but sure. at the exact same time criticizing your place in pop culture. Yeah, which Scream uh, does so wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is- but, and then Boy Meets World, there's just a lot of times when you see that throughout the series of even like, uh, I think it's the season finale, series finale, where Corey's talking to, I think it's uh, his little brother at the time. He's like, Boy Meets World, I just got, I just that. got yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's what that means. Or yeah, like yeah, when yeah. Eric goes to Hollywood to star and like, kid gets acquainted with the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that, is, that is a whole stretch and I'm really excited for that episode. Yeah. Because oh, now in, in a meta world, I wonder how good that episode holds up. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but yeah, so when we're talking about worst characters, though, what are we talking about? Because if we're going to be honest, worst character, I'm going to say Alan. Alan is a terrible person. But he is an emotional father. He no, is like, I wait, 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 let me get my point out. And then we're going to do that. All I want to say is, in terms of his relationship with the family, Alan is overly emotional. He projects on the Corey all the time. He sure. treats Amy like just a sidekick. When I she don't appreciate that back. at all. Like, it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not saying that Alan's terrible i'm just saying like in the series alan is the one where i feel like we spend the most time being like what is your deal dude like i mean even eric is kind of one note but he's one note in a way that doesn't like really he's a kid yeah he it doesn't 
degrade the other characters. Whereas Alan's just like, yo, Amy, where my meal at? Yo, Amy, like... <laughs> yo, Amy, clean up this cantaloupe that I'm throwing on the floor. And that's my point. It's just like, I, I'm not saying that he's the worst overall, but I'm just saying that... I, I, I really disagree with this only because I feel like there are lots of different examples throughout the season of Alan trying his hardest to be a good father. But if it wasn't for Amy... But if it wasn't for Amy, of course, uh, I don't know, he's still working, he's still fixing, even Amy and Alan have that cute, like, date night episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but alright, in that cute date night episode, who does the most? Yeah. Exactly, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm not, Again, I'm, I'm, I'm like, but if but we're gonna... worse? If we're gonna, wait, 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 wait. Like, Lenny would wait, be worse I, than... Dude, I'm gonna Lenny! Lenny was the next word out of my mouth. Yo, Lenny should for 100% get this award. Yo, screw it. Lenny is the worst Lenny character. Lenny is the worst character. First of all, he's clearly written just, like, his whole, oh, hi, I'm Lenny. I work with you and... Yeah, just to remind the audience, for those who don't remember, uh, Lenny is the c assistant manager to Alan at the store. He makes, like, three or four appearances throughout the season. And, and each time, it's the worst. Because it's just the one gimmick of, hello, I'm Lenny. I'm the... Yeah, we know who you are. Yeah, Lenny. I mean, and, like, and it was funny the first time they did it. I don't it. think it was funny the first time. Well, I mean, like, it's kind of... Well, with, remember when Eric and Morgan... Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. But by the time, like, it's just the thing. You're like, all right, this is this is like again, TGIF basicness. It's basic. Well, I also think that when you look at any show from a first season perspective, you want to try to keep it your core characters. It's only until you get to the second season where you start bringing in additional characters. I'll give you that. And for Alan to get a side character when Amy even hasn't had a full character. I know, before. right? What's Amy's real estate business? Yeah, like? who does she, who she work with? Yeah. Report to. Yeah, that's a Has good point. Have we ever it? seen her show a house? Have we ever even heard her say, hey, Corey, can you watch the kids while I go show a house? She does it to Eric. Literally, there's one, one time. There's one episode. Well, she only works one day a year, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a No, but we've job. talked about this. I feel like Amy is actually the one who's like holding things down. Yeah. Because like, they don't really give uh, Amy that much credit, but I feel like every now and then Amy's the one like she sells a house and that helps them meet all their bills <laughs> well obviously because alan apparently is cutting it very thin with the bills we've seen this multiple times several several times um uh, all right yeah <laughs> wow so all right now our next segment is it is our graduation ceremony graduation ceremony because there are characters that will no longer be with the show they have graduated from the series and I, I think we should show our respect. Exactly. So at the end of each season, what TC and I will do is we'll have a graduation ceremony where we talk about the individuals who were important during the season and we will not see again. Now, and, uh, keep in mind, because, like, obviously we haven't seen the next season, we're going based off of, like, the credits yeah. and things like that. Right. Um so, yeah, let's just go ahead and dive into this. Okay, so, first graduation ceremony is Third Seat Kids. Which really should be Third Seat Kids. All of the Third Seat <laughs> Kids who have filled so, in... Uh, on that, and, and uh, go ahead, go ahead. All the Third Seat Kids who were in there, who tried to, um, you know, fill out the friendship grouping that the writers didn't know how to didn't know anything to do with um, uh, the kids that just served as just like the one comment to Corey and Sean. Um, we appreciate you. We, uh, we know you did hard work. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to make sure that I shout this out because I told him that I would. One of our listeners, Josh, uh, I don't want to get into everything cause I don't know what you want me to tell people, but one of our listeners, Josh, uh, did ask this question. He was like, at the end of the season, I want to know Rank your favorite third seat kids. Rank? He said a rank. Um, and I have my favorite, but I also am prepared to rank. Uh, so let's let's do this. Can we, <laughs> as just you and I, just kind of discuss who the third seat kids are? I need a reminder. Okay, right. so we get uh, original third seat Original kid, third seat who's, who's also... Bangs, right? Bangs, and he's also in... Um, He's the one who dresses as Feeney in the... Yeah, he dresses as Feeney in the first season. So yeah, yeah. there's him. Then we get Black Third Seat Kid. Yep. 
Which you and I know. Black Third Seat Kid from the Water Gun episode. Water not Gun. the basketball Black, episode. No, not basketball. Okay. Because that's a different third. Black, that's second Black Third Seat Kid. Second, okay, so second Black Third Seat Kid is... So that's, that's three. And then there's a fourth one. Do you remember the fourth one? Fourth? I feel like it's really early on. It is. It's like early. Because we're, we're just Do doing you know the episode right? off the top of your not head? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> All right, I feel like we've listed these in the so, order. By yeah, the pretty much. <laughs> by the way, that's exactly their ranking. Yeah. I mean, like, who, wait, before we get into that, who was your top pick for Third Seat Kid? Uh, Curtains. This, this kid. Dude, that was mine! The guy, the kid, because of the episode where he dressed up as Feeny, I felt like we saw a bit more of his personality than we did anyone else. I also felt like he was in the most episodes of Third Seat Kid. I agree, and I think, if anything, he's my favorite Third Seat Kid not because at first I was gonna go black thirsty kid. Uh, I'm gonna do, pull a little Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everybody black. You ain't. But, uh, but I think you ain't with us. You against us, fam. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> but um, no, honestly, this thirsty kid is the one with the most successful career. So I feel like he's honestly one of the ones who does like the best. Acting. I felt like the show was considering him more than any of the other thirsty. Yeah, kids. and he's in the more like he's even in that episode where. Like, he doesn't speak, but, like, he's in the episode. And yeah. I was like, oh, Third Seat Kid's here. Probably have a line that got cut. Uh, probably. But uh, I feel like he... You're right. He's also in the Anne Frank episode. He is. Uh, as, like, he... He's the one who comes as Feeny, as, as we said. So I feel I just felt like he earned it. Yeah, I, he, I, to me, he's the best Third Seat Kid. And luckily, with this next season, with all of the wonderful amazing characters we're going to be introduced to. I'm so excited for second season characters. Mr. Turner alone, not to mention Harley and Frankie and Joey. Like, all I of these really, characters. really love Frankie and Joey. I love them. And even Frankie and Joey, I mean, they'll go on to kind of outlive Frankie in a way. I mean, yeah, I, I, they do outlive Frankie. Like, as no, 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 they outlive Harley. I'm Harley, 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 Harley. Um, but still, I just, I think they're just such great additions and their dynamic with Corey and Sean, I think of them feeling, um, bullied versus being the bullies and i think we've talked but about also that a we bit. do this thing where we kind of like i mean I, we don't want to get in too much into it but like we also get to this point where like frankie and joey are like the cory and sean of the underworld well, well they are <laughs> which is a very good way of putting that well they, well, they say that's that. how they, they say, say it yeah. you honestly know, the way you said it i was like but like also like they they have dimension to them you know? Well, yeah, for sure, and they they flesh out those characters really well, more so uh, Frankie than Joey, but still, it's it's great. Uh, I just I, I love the participation that yeah. we're getting right now. Okay, um, so those are so your favorite Third Seat Kid and my favorite Third Seat Kid are all the same. Uh, so, so they've graduated. Thank you so much for your participation in the show. All we right. appreciate you. Shout outs to you. So graduation. Are you ready for this? I'm not ready to say goodbye to this one. We have I to say I feel like every goodbye. teacher, <laughs> and like at the end of every school year, like every teacher is really sad to say goodbye to one student. Yes. And for us, like... That would be Minkus. Stuart Minkus. Stuart Minkus is... Honestly, I think... For this for this season, uh, like not not even I think he's We've the LeBron James of the season. He's <laughs> VIP. He's the VIP. Stuart Minkus, Lee Norris in this season is he does such a good job that he is synonymous with the rest of the series. It's a seven season show, brah. He's in one season and synonymous with the brand. Exactly, bruh. He does such a good job in this season. That he is just, his name is equivalent, and it's like a, who else does that? Who else is in one season of a show, and yet, like, just associated with every other And you know what's so uh, interesting about this, too, is that Lee Norris, as an actor, um, I think he, he's, I've said this in multiple uh, podcast episodes, that he almost outshines a lot of the other actors in the in the roles in, uh, in his that episodes. He, does, yeah. he steals scenes like crazy. Um, I don't know why he was written out, but geez, he was just such an amazing character to have there. Well, we've talked about this, and I feel like, um, I feel, we, in our last episode, we kind of hit on it, uh, or at least the last episode of the season, and I, uh, I really do feel that if we're being honest, his character just had no place. He gave all he could to the show in the, series, in the characters. Well, like, and just in middle school, it's like, middle school, Corey and Sean would not hang out with yeah. Minkus. Like, they had a reason to be around Minkus. Because they were in the class. Uh, um, 
But there's just no real reason to be around Minkus. Also, real talk, he should be in advanced classes anyway. Oh, was, well, he should be in advanced classes, which is important. Which I think... Which is, we're really I kind of think about they kind of hit on. I yeah, think they hit on like when he does make his appearance in the later seasons. Um, but then also, the only reason why Topanga... Like, we spend a lot more time outside of the classroom. Yes. Uh, and Topanga kind of takes over the Minkus role in a lot of ways. As being not so much like the, the I'm smarter than you, but just being the voice of reason when you have... she She's the angel to Sean's devil on Corey's shoulder. Correct. Exactly. And so I just don't think there was a place for him in the later seasons. But it is so sad to see him go because Minkus is just... He's a great, he's a great foe for Sean. He's a great... Yeah. Um, him and Sean's dynamic is the one I think I'm going to miss the most. I think yes. he plays the best off of Sean. I feel that when we're doing a school episode or an, uh, a show that takes place in the classroom, um, you do need that nerd. You do need that person. But Lee Norris, just like from the very beginning, we talk about yeah. this, his his back and forth with Sean, which I think the writers picked up on, yeah. where it was just like... Uh, Sean would say something that was supposed to cut Minkus yeah. down, and Minkus would just like hit it back yeah, and be yeah. like, a, he can always say things." Yeah, like there's that, that yeah. scene where it's just like a Minkus, like a, sorry, it was, would they do the in, uh, impressions of each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. Sean's just like, a, "I can see you not uh, in like 20 years." People, people, you Please. gotta separate your receipts. <laughs> and then Minkus is just like, "I can see you in 20 years." Uh, your honor, I'd yeah. like to plead out. And it's just like, a, he does it so well. And it's a great foe yeah. for Sean in a way that we will kind of, we will definitely miss. Because honestly, if we're going to be really honest, Minkus, he, he kind of becomes part of like the group and the foursome that they build in the, the first season. But Corey and Sean never really respect Minkus. Uh, and I think that that's kind of one of the reasons. Like, in order to learn from someone, you have to really respect them. Yeah. And they just don't. They kind of always disregard him. Let me ask you this question. Because um, you watched Girl Meets World. And I did not I did. Stick, I did not stick with Girl Meets World. I and did. Girl Meets World decided to keep their Minkus. They did. How did that work for you? Well, so what they do when they keep their Minkus is they make their Minkus... Cooler. A little bit more Sean. Yeah, they have to. Uh, and that's the thing. It's just like, a, exactly. He does not remain... That, to be fair, he grows and he learns. And it's very natural, the his progression. It's not like out of nowhere. Um, but there is this struggle of identity, of being like, a, I'm the smartest person in this class. I'm weird and I'm out of place. But my friends... And the difference is... They accept Farkas, which is his name. Yeah. Uh, they accept him as a friend, uh, the way the girls do in Girl Meets World, whereas Minkus was never accepted as a friend of Corey and Sean's. You know yeah. what I mean? He was someone that they turned to, but they never really accepted him. Can I ask you, do you feel like they could have matured? Like Stuart Minkus, if they could have evolved him to adapt to the new season two? Um... Because this is the 90s now. Now, I feel like it would happen. Now, I feel like we're way more reluctant to get rid of characters that work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, they would have... Like, I mean, like, if you... Uh, anyone who's watched Modern Family um, and Haley's boyfriend... I can't even remember. Yes. Him. He has, like, been around for season after season. And it's just... Honestly, it's because he's a fan favorite. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't make sense for the series as or much. Or her. Or her. But he's a fan favorite, so they found ways to bring him in. And I think that that's kind of what we would do now with Minkus. But is that good? You know, it's like a, sometimes you do just... I mean, and if we're being realistic, you grow, you outgrow people. You don't see the same people that you saw. Um, so, And the final... Um, segment of this episode is the Bruh Award. We never came up with a better name, <laughs> did we? No, we didn't. But I think this is this is in line with what we've talked about. The Bruh Award. The Bruh the bra moment, the Bruh Award, the moment that made us just go, Bruh. Like, yeah. the most culturally relevant moment of the show. Exactly. Uh, which is, um, for those who, I mean, by now you should know, but like, the whole purpose of 
Broad Meets World was exactly us being like, uh, all right, what elements of this show still hold up that, for those who couldn't see, TC pointed to his skin. What, what uh, elements of this show uh, for two black kids still held relevant and still um, were impactful um, and dealt with things that we still deal with? So this award is the moment that you felt was most relevant for 2018. Um, and what's your answer? You know what? I know I've already brought this episode up. I'm going to have to go back to it. To me, it's Teacher's Pet. Okay. It's at the end of the episode where he says, You have to read this book. And you have to pass this test. Not because of me. But because when someone calls someone else a bad name, it's not good that just that one person jumps up. We all have to jump up. To me, I was like, bruh, that's, this is, Preach. air this now, please. <laughs> ABC, where are you at? Um, so, so, that was my moment. So, for me, and maybe it was because, like, in, in this, uh, in the episode itself, I talked about that I had just read um, The New Jim Crow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my selection is The Fugitive. The Fugitive, for yes. me, is so relevant. Well, you, you had a lot of problems with that episode. Well, so because well, so the reason why I chose that episode is not because of what that episode um, means in its time, but it's it brought up the most relevant conversation to it. It really did, yeah. Uh, really, and that was something that I wanted that. to bring in. It was like that episode when we watched that episode after reading the new Jim Crow. It brought in this conversation of. Who is allowed to be a child? Who is allowed to make mistakes? How do we talk about criminals in this country? Yeah. Uh, you have to go home, Sean. You can't run away. Yes, I can. Just get away from the door. Sean! I'm not moving. <laughs> what do you want from me? I want you to come back on my side of the line. How am I supposed to do that? Just go home. Parents are going to cry me for like a year. Well then, I'll see you in a year. Yeah. Um, it was just so relevant. And then now, <laughs> when it gets to a point where it's like, you can't hold a shower head without getting shot. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> it, it really is important to discuss what happens um, Yeah, when, no. when you get into trouble at that age. And um, yeah, we did have a really great discussion for that episode. I think that was my favorite of our episodes, actually. Exactly. Well, because for that I mean, reason. Uh, I mean, we haven't really got into it, but one of my favorite episodes from us is literally uh, this episode is whack. Go watch Black Panther. Go, go watch Black Panther. <laughs> Wakanda Forever. Yo, I love those episodes where we're both just hating the episode the entire time. It's just a <laughs> sheer, like a shared hatred for the episode. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so final grades. Final grades. Okay, so we we actually have a discussion. We've come to a conclusion. We did all the math. We, we did, did the GPA. Mm -hmm. I did everything on a graded scale, and the episode, the, the season, season, the season one actually comes down. Meets world to a seventy nine. <laughs> a 79.6 if you want to be honest so I was in favor of rounding up None but TC is like nope <laughs> that's the grade it deserves that's about as good as the season was was almost a B yeah exactly and you know what because of that I will totally give uh, to you and say that C plus season it was a C plus season honestly uh, it could have been better I think it definitely gets better but. I think if you look at the series as a whole if you ask people nowadays what they remember from the first season of anything the only memorable thing is Minkus no Minkus um, we have a few you and I talk about it numerous times there are a few moments where you're like oh I remember this I remember this but if you're if you're not saying specifically season one that you just were to go up to the average fan and talk to him about Boy Meets World would they mention anything from the first season Topanga uh, when maybe. they kiss I mean maybe. like they like the episode where they kiss in Boy Meets Girl 
there are, those are so iconic. And you and I both talked about the glove episode. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I don't know why, because like when I think about it, like the the criminal episode is so much more impactful as his teacher pet. But you, we were both like, oh, I remember this, this episode well, about the gloves. What's the episode? That I forget. It is in season one, right? Where Topanga comes over and she does the. Uh, uh, the makeup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Donut but, in the sky. Donut in the sky. That's the <laughs> that's uh, alternative friends. Is it? Is it? Yeah, okay, 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 okay. But I'm just saying, like, if we're gonna talk about it, it's just like a yeah. But yeah, we, we fair grade. <laughs> we were at a 79, so it's like it's almost there on being a a, a good. Uh, but yeah. So all right. So that was our season recap. Again, I thought this was a pretty good season. I think this is a great jumping off point for the rest of the show and i think that's my main takeaway from this first season is that we're in a position where we can really see these characters grow um now that we know Corey's overall mindset how he sees the world his worldview to see that be challenged by all of the new characters of season two is going to be super interesting um then just going to a new environment being in a new place high school high school you know um what i do remember from season two episode one um is that there's the odyssey theme which i think the show really starts are you serious yeah the odyssey and then i don't remember this at all it's they're learning the odyssey while Corey's going well don't give too much away we have the entire first episode but i just (laughs) they do it just to me the show really starts to find its voice of pairing education traditional educational elements with the overall learning about life unlike this season where it's literally just like anything we want to do it's just like tied it's into just it. their voice they just their voice gets a little stronger so i'm just i'm really excited for that yeah exactly um all right so that was our season thank you guys so much uh for listening to us once again if you want to make sure you follow us on twitter and facebook at bra meets world uh email us at bra meets world at gmail.com you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E E J. Tony Curtis, where are you at? Oh, you can uh, find my abandoned Twitter, Anna Kendrick retweets, um, Anna Kendrick RT, uh, where I used to retweet Anna Kendrick tweets for about a year and have slowed off from that. You were that's literally your only job is to retweet someone else. How it, do you not do that? It became too much. <laughs> um, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. I'll slide back in. Um, other than that, you can find me on Instagram at Braver Me. Um, and you can also find me here doing season two with this fool. All right. Yeah, we are really excited for you guys to come back. Thank you so much for everyone who's been following us. Uh, we really, truly appreciate it. Remember, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, I mean, they should remember that. But isn't there something more important they should remember? Siege? You should always remember to dream. Try. And do good. Dream, try, and do good, guys. All right, thank you guys so much for joining us. Later, bro. Season one. Peace.